Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston shares a devotional that will speak to you no matter what your current relationship is with your teen. Let's hear what Mark has to say. Proverbs 3, 13 through 18 says, says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than a gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are always pleasantness and her paths our peace. Now, I don't know about you, <laughs> but I think there isn't a teen that walks on the face of the earth that wouldn't love to have that. I mean, that, you know, that, that it's, it's, that, that, that what they can gain is a sense of understanding, what they, they find wisdom so their days are long and, and they are uh, surrounded by riches and honor and they uh, move in a world of pleasantness and where all their paths are peace. You know, we live in this information world, and and I, I recently read an internet article uh, by a guy named David Russell Schilling. Um, he's an, it was in an industry newsletter uh, called The Industry Tap, and the title of the article was Knowledge Doubling Every 12 Months, Soon to Be Every 12 Hours. And, and it interested me just because of the amount of information that we're bombarded with continually. And, uh, and in particular, um, kids, the way they're bombarded with information because they have the internet at their fingertips um, just about all the time. Th- this article was written in 2013, so it's a few years ago, so I'm sure that, that we passed the dates that he's projected. But he stated the following, and I, and I, I think it has something. He says, um, he says Fuller created the, the knowledge doubling curve, and he noticed that until 1900, human knowledge doubled approximately every century. And by the end of World War II, knowledge was doubling every 25 years. Today, things are not as simple as different types of knowledge have different uh, growth rates, such as nanotechnology, uh, and that knowledge is doubling every two years, and clinical knowledge is doubling every 18 months. But on average, knowledge is doubling every 13 months. And according to IBM, the build-out of the uh, Internet of Things will lead to a doubling of knowledge every 12 hours. Isn't that amazing that 100 years ago, it took 100 years to double the amount of codified information in this world, and now it's 12 hours. And I heard it recently said that it is now doubling every hour and a half, and next year it'll double instantaneous. You know, I'm sure his point was targeted for those interested in this cutting-edge technology, but that's not my point of the chapter. My focus is more about how we as parents relate to a generation of teens who have more information and technology uh, at our fingertips than any other generation in the history of mankind. Our teens have access to information and data and statistics and evidence and numbers and records and facts and figures and collections and just about any type of document in any file uh, or any library. And more information is not their heart's desire and ultimate longing. Instead, they're longing for sources of wisdom 
so they can take all that they've learned through the years and determine what they should believe and and why they should believe it. And 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 so, you know, I mean, I now have the the opportunity to to just ask Siri on my smartphone and receive just about any information I want. I can even entertain myself just by carrying on a conversation with Siri. And when I get bored with her, I can always go to Alexa, who is happy to fill me in on just about anything I need to know, as long as it is all information. You know, when you and I grew up, written information, this codified information doubled every 13 years. And I said just a minute ago, it's now doubling almost every hour and a half. It's amazing. And I don't know about you, but I'd venture to say uh, that you get just as filled up with information and tired of it as I do, to the point I just want to shut down, where I need a break. Um, And and in a world of over 800 uh, TV stations, I can just channel surf continually and look at different things. I mean, I grew up on three channels when uh, rabbit ears and aluminum foil, uh, if it was placed just right, you, you, you maybe get another channel. Um, but now there's countless news sources. Um, it's constant. It never quits. And I'm moved to just turn it off because my cup runneth over with constant and endless yapping and sharing of more information. And if you're like me, I get overwhelmed by the amount of information bombarding me every day. I'm tired of the criticism, the endless sharing of opinions, and the self-consuming presentation of many that are bent on always promoting themselves and what they think. I, you know, and I feel this as I, as I switch back and forth from CNN and Headline News and Fox News and, and other nightcasts, and I, I, I turn it off. I, I, I feel the same way when I get on Facebook sometimes. Um, the overpowering uh, amount of information about someone's dog dying or another one, another person being placed at St. Jude's Hospital or a funeral of a mother, a birth of another, updates on family happenings, uh, prayer requests, the fires in California, the earthquakes in the other part of the world, updates on on, um, anything. And the constant bullying and negative comments about politics is, is so overwhelming for me. And many of these things are good to know, but sometimes my head, my heart just can't keep up the pace. And here's the kicker that I want everyone to understand. You and I, as parents and grandparents, have a way of escape. We create homes of rest. We get to choose our schedules. We have the opportunity to take a break. We can get away on vacations. We've learned how to take a breather, and yet our teens can't. Their world is one of constant bombardment of information, Their social media interaction demands constant attention. I mean, why else do you think they're always, you know, staring and pecking away at their phones? And this is what's happening to our teens. They're shutting down. Uh, And in the process of shutting down, uh, to stop that constant flow of information, they're missing out on what they really desire most. And here's my point. It's wisdom. So the opportunities and contact points for gathering wisdom have been all but eliminated from our teens' social stage. The, the wisdom desired usually comes from older people but, uh, or people that, that are observed for a long period of time and, and get to reflect on their life's happenings and, and experience and, and what all has gone on. And it is from that wisdom that comes the principles of right living. 
that what I would call insight or perspective or discernment, which are all attributes of things that our teens are desperately searching for. You know, the, the intent of parents and grandparents to be fountains of information when our sons or daughters are asking for something else reminds me of that verse in, in Matthew 7, 9 that says this, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? So this great concern that I have for this generation of teens is that they're beginning to view Scripture as just another piece of information. And, and subsequently, by ignoring it because it's not conveyed uh, along with an understanding of why it's so important. And that's where wisdom comes in. When they ask for wisdom and you just give them more information, they look elsewhere for sustenance and that will help them apply what they've already learned. And if you are a source of information for your teens, then they will shut you down and turn you off and look elsewhere, just like I do with CNN, Fox News, and... And headline news and TV sets and Facebook and all the rest of it that's bombarding me. What they're looking for is wisdom. How to take the principles and values that you have taught them and, and, and desire to learn how to apply them for the culture that they live in. You know, sharing of information was needed and demanded in your child's earlier year years when you uh, uh, had a role of a teacher, but now as your child moves out of childhood into the world of adolescence, your role moves from a teaching role to a training role. They want something a little more than learning more and now desire to know the whys and hows and the purposes of what they've learned. And, And my hope is that it is you that will be the one who provides that wisdom for them. Uh, as no one else has as much influence nor access to your kids that you do. And you can do this by switching your mode from uh, teaching information-based values to training wisdom-based concepts. And this happens when you give the reason and meaning behind so much of the teaching that you present it to your child in the first 12 years of life. Okay, and so I want to give you a couple of examples. I'll tell you, I mean, it, it, this is so important, and and I'm not going to just leave you hanging and say just start sharing wisdom because there's a number of places that you can, can get wisdom. But I believe that teens view the biblical mandate of not having sex before marriage as just another piece of information. Um, I can tell kids... Not to have sex a million times, but in this permissive world of information, they will ignore the truth within Scripture unless they understand the real purpose of of why God would desire for them not to do so. And this is how I would transfer that wisdom behind the mandate to not have sex before marriage so they can have a greater understanding of why I think it's important. So here would be the discussion I would have. Hey, hey, you and I both know what Scripture says about premarital sex. But this is what I've seen and thought about for years. I've seen great couples lose their relationship, which should have lasted for years because they jumped the gun and violated some good instruction. And and the reason God, who created you to be relational, would desire for you not to have sex before marriage is because he wants your relationship to last. And sex before marriage complicates relationships. So it's your choice, but be careful If you want to keep from complicating this relationship that you cherish, don't risk it. Okay, you see the difference? 
my response, you know, to a child who's saying, well, what's wrong with having sex before marriage? Or, I mean, I hear that all the time from kids. My response isn't just giving more information, but sharing with them what I've observed, what I've reflected upon, and what I've experienced. It's the sharing of wisdom behind the teaching. Okay, let me say it again. It's what you've observed, what you've reflected on, and what you've experienced. So if you want to have your discussion, you know, with a, a discussion with your teen over the battle uh, of marijuana versus um, alcohol, just sharing information, um, and they're trying to justify their peer-accepted behavior, I can tell you this, <laughs> you're going to lose. Because there's too much information that says one thing on one side, you know, and 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 that, that information and the research out there would... Uh, you know, inform um, your kids and support their comments that alcohol is perhaps more detrimental um, to one's life than cannabis is. So in the information world, some teens will be able to quote the numbers of those who have died from alcohol abuse versus those who have died from marijuana use. And if you do the information battle, you're going to lose. And so my, my point is, don't don't play around with the information battle. I mean, most parents jump in and say, well, you know, it'll impede the development of your frontal lobe and you won't make good decisions. And, you know, and a kid's looking at you going, what in the world are you talking about? And so what I try to do is, is battle the conversation or within the conversation with wisdom. And this is what I tell kids who always come to me with the targeted battle on their hearts. You know, I go, look, look, look. But I'm, I'm not going to argue with you about whether it's right or wrong to consume marijuana. I'm sure that, that much of what you say is accurate, and I'm sure that marijuana will one day be more and more permissible in society. But this is what I've seen and experienced throughout the years. I'm as opposed to you smoking weed to get through your day as much as I am, by, you know, that your teacher would have to have a glass of wine before she engages with students throughout the day. I've seen that marijuana has an amazing way of eliminating motivation and providing a way to escape challenges rather than helping people learn the skills necessary to get through some of those challenges. Okay, and, and, and here's the point, and I hope you see it. Neither of those discussions are arguments. They're opportunities to share what I've observed and I've reflected on and what I've experienced and how I've gathered wisdom in my life. And so I'm not engaging with them to have an argument. I'm giving perspective. I'm letting them know what I have found out because of the relationship I have with them. And the appeal is the relationship. The appeal is, is not... Uh, who can battle out more uh, justification by by comparing information? I want them to hear from me and hear a perspective that engages them where they go, really? Now, why have you seen that? How have you seen that? Hey, Mark, have you ever smoked pot? It's those kind of things that that give me the opportunity and the platform and the diving board to jump into this pool of relationship that allows the direction of wisdom to take hold of their life instead of thinking that I'm just going to be sharing information all the time. So moms, dads, here, here's a question I would have for you. What do you share? You know, text your child right now. Ask them, hey, do, you, do I share 
uh, wisdom with you? Or do you think I just share information? Do you think I'm open to hearing your opinion? Or do you think I'm pretty closed on the subject? Do you think I lecture more or have discussions more? Ask the question. I mean, the point of this is to change the, the, the way that you engage with your child so that you can deepen the relationship and con- convey the values and the truths and all those things that you have in your life to them so you're training them up in a world to help them get to a better place. And so somebody says, well, okay, well, how do I get all this wisdom? And I'm going to give you five things here. The first thing is this. You can get it by reflecting on your own experiences and by searching for the answers to the questions that you have about the challenges that you faced (laughs) in your time on earth. That's one way. The second thing is you can share your mistakes, your struggles, your hardships, those that you've encountered and lived through, and share the beauty of what you've learned through perseverance and persistence. The third thing is this, pray, pray. James 1.15 says this, that if any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And, you know, and, and, and there's many times that I meet with kids um, uh, when I know I'm meeting with a teen that, that I just have to say, okay, Lord, um, these have got to be your words. Bring them to me at the right time. I, I go into most discussions with kids, and if you've heard me in the podcast and, and on radio, I, I never go in with a topic in mind. I just go, okay, let's, let's see where this goes. And that's how we put it together. Here's a fourth thing you can do. Listen. Just listen. You know, sometimes, sometimes I think we as parents fill the void of silence with information because we don't know what else to fill it with. And and even a fool appears wise when he keeps his mouth shut. <laughs> Scripture would tell us. Listen to the heart of what your teen is really saying. And do this. Get counsel. Get counsel. You know. Scripture says that a fool is wiser in his own eyes than seven people who answer discreetly. And when I say get counsel, it moves me into the fifth thing. Gain a new understanding. And I, if I've said this once, I've said it a million times. Don't try to fit everything that I say into your model uh, that's not working with your kids. Get a new model. Uh, understand it differently. I even sat with a, a lady yesterday and I said, okay, th- here's what I hear you doing. You're taking everything I'm saying and you're plugging it in to the voids in your model that's already not working. And so it's not going to work that way. And what you're doing is trying to understand all of it so that it fits into your habits and your history and your traditions and how it's worked. And, and teens are just a different bird at this time. So I'm going to ask you to do this. Don't lean on your own understanding. Do something different. Get counsel. Listen to somebody else that's saying, hey, maybe we can do this different. And you know why I would encourage you to do that? Because it's a wise choice. I'm not just telling you that as a piece of information. I'm telling you that because you want to pursue wisdom 
with wisdom. And I think what will happen is when your child begins to view you as a font, a fountain of wisdom, that they will run to you because they're not getting it anywhere else. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than the gain from silver and her profit is better than gold. She's more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. That's Proverbs 3, 13 through 18. Hey, I hope you have a great week. Do this. Pursue some wisdom. Pursue some wisdom. Say, say one thing this week that you can share at the dinner table with your child and, and just say, you know what? I, I came across this piece of wisdom that I realized about myself. Hey, I found this, and, and I know it's a piece of information, but I, I just I feel like I need to share something with you. And just share it. Be vulnerable. Be honest. Let them know that it's not, you're not trying to correct them, nor are you trying to prove a point. You're just sharing a part of you because you have found some wisdom. So take advantage of it more than anything else. Hey, have a great week. I would encourage you to do this. Sign up for our newsletter. Uh, it's chock full. It's, it's a six-foot-long newsletter. We printed it all out, and I'm, I held it up, and it's as tall as I am. That's how much information and wisdom is there. And a lot of resources that you can pick up as well, articles and videos and, and uh, events and stuff like that. So anyway, take advantage of that. And while you're at it, if you're just sitting around on these rainy days like we're having here in Texas, get on our, our YouTube channel. It's called Heartlight Stories. And uh, listen and watch the transformation of teens as they search for wisdom and find it in their life. God bless. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful to your family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.